and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Unfortunately, with technology, um, but I'm absolutely thrilled to have the pleasure of Zoe here from Honest Riders. Hi, Zoe. Hi. How are you? Very well, thank you. And um, Zoe's also indoors for this as well, um, but we will release her in a bit so she can go outside and enjoy the sunshine as well. <laughs> I've had quite a lot of sun today, actually. I've been out riding, I've been walking the dogs. I feel like I'm ready for the inside time now. Oh, that's okay. I have done um, the same thing. I have done exactly the same. I've walked the dog, went and rode the horse and have now come back ready for a little bit of inside time. So that's okay. Yeah. Cool. So Zoe and I met, oh, years ago now at Windsor because one of our friends, Katie um, Lawrence, who runs Riviera PR, um she we met at Windsor didn't we and you know Katie and she said oh this is Zoe and I said oh my god I love your stuff this is amazing and then and we just got to know each other through Katie mostly really haven't we and then and then through running businesses um and the mutual kind of side of that so we're going to chat today Zoe about all lots of different things aren't we about your company about your ethos about your values about your horses about what's important to you um and also you know about running a business as a, a single Um, entrepreneur and when I say single entrepreneur I don't mean you're single I mean as a person on your own in a business so um ups and downs (laughs) indeed exactly and you know like it's not all the rose tinted people think it is but actually it's got so many good sides to it like today indeed where you could go and do what you wanted to do so tell us a little bit about yourself then Zoe a bit about you a bit about honest riders a bit about what brings you to where you are today okay so I've got um a career background in marketing I worked for ad agencies oh, for about, this is going to age me now, 12 to 15 years, uh, working on big brands and, and their big campaigns on a strategy side. Um, but I've always been a country girl at heart, so I really struggled with the working in London thing. I never really got into it. Um, but, you know, my career was ticking along. I rode during that time, so I was lucky enough that I was able to keep my horses on my parents' farm. So I would commute into London every day and then rush back, try and ride and... I was getting quite competitive. Well, I've always been competitive and always ridden. Um, I really, really got into dressage when I left university and started my career Um, and just realised that actually I wasn't able to do my career to its best and the riding side to its best. And I was just miserable. Um, So I made the decision back in 2017 to set out on my own path and leave my corporate job. <laughs> um, I moved to the South Coast um, with my now husband um, and set up Honest Riders. And this is where I am today. So I, d- I now do Honest Riders full time. Um, it's just generally just me. I have some help on the sort of logistical side. So with the order packing and, and other bits and pieces. Um, but it's mostly just me. And yeah, I'm having living my best life. I think it <laughs> sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm in a really good place at the minute. I've got, I've now got sort of flexibility to be able to ride my horse to a, to a good standard. Um, I've got my dogs at home. I can work from home um, and I'm running a business that I'm really passionate about. So yeah, so that's me. So, so tell us more then about what it is that, that means you're so passionate and you set up Honest Riders. And, and I know there's a lot of stuff about what's important to you in there as well it's not just a clothing brand is it there's so much more to it so tell us about honest riders and what it means to you yeah so it came about over a period of years actually so I I don't know in in life as you sort of reach your 30s and you start to realize what's important to you um there were several things that were standing out to me that I realized I really cared about um number one was a really fickle thing which was fashion I've always been really interested in fashion and design I actually wanted to do design as a career but I was never good enough to actually do the drawing side of things um so I I I recognized that um there was a bit of a gap in the market in the equestrian world because a lot of the um, equestrian clothing that I was buying to ride in I didn't really love and I felt was a bit fuddy and a bit old-fashioned um and didn't really represent my style so there was that kind of thing going on while I was working in advertising and I, and I used to sort of design just for fun. Um, and then there was another side of life that that kind of started emerging probably about seven or eight years ago now, um, which was I worked for a cosmetics company when I first graduated 
and I won't say who they were, um, but I was very shocked to find out that there was animal testing going on. I did a couple of years with them, moved on, kind of, they, they, as a company, they were getting to the point that were now, where they were trying to work out other ways of doing things, and that was great. Um, and then a few years later, I sort of, I was using something, I was using lipstick or something, and um, something popped up, uh, a blogger that I was following, and um, that told me that this particular cosmetics company was testing on animals. I was like, oh my God, this can't be true. You know, we, we were in 20, 2015 or whatever it was. How are people still doing this it's just cruel it's awful and it really it really struck me um and then at the same time I was spending a lot of time, I, I love David Attenborough like I just love him and I just got really affected by some of the stuff that he was saying around you know plastic pollution and the fact that some of the animals that I'd seen the year before I'd gone on safari and, and that you know there were, there were conservationists there telling me that the rhinos weren't going to be there potentially the next time I went back and it was all these kind of things that were just coming up and I was just finding myself being really affected by it and just you know just felt really powerless and I wanted to do something um so there was those two kinds of, kind of sides of things and then I thought well actually the equestrian world isn't very sustainable there's a lot more that we can do as riders to to make better decisions um, and that's where I where I came up with the idea of honest riders because I wanted to start to bring some of the the um, environmental issues that we're now facing to the forefront I wanted to have it as an open discussion amongst equestrians um, and I'm trying to use honest riders to do that um, alongside the kind of the fashion side of things so so yeah so that it was kind of a culmination of the different things as it always is isn't it and isn't it wonderful when you find your passion and you combine it with what people want and you can make a business out of it like that's the perfect triangle isn't it that's what they say is the, the perfect mix is what you are passionate about what others want and a way of making uh, you know a living out of it because we, we need to pay for our ponies so we do have to do that side of it as well yeah. So tell us some more then about how you are bringing this this real sustainability element into riding. And, and there's probably quite a lot of people that have got no idea in what areas we could help, um, in what areas aren't ideal and things within the equine industry at the moment and, and how people can do something about that right now. Yeah, so I guess from a business perspective, I made the decision very early on that every single decision that we made as a business was going to be with sustainability in mind. So we think about everything from the, the, our suppliers, the ingredients that they're using, the um, manufacturing processes that they're using, because you know, um, quite a lot of manufacturers overseas are doing a lot of damage to the environment through what they end up washing into the waterways. Um, you know, the fabrics that we use, I wanted to make sure that um, the way that they were sourced and they were produced was sustainable. Um, right through to the end game where we deliver something to a customer and I, I really thought carefully about the packaging that we were using um, and making sure that that was either completely recyclable or biodegradable or both um, so I've tried to think about everything every step of the way um, so we've got two angles of the business we've got the fashion side um, and where possible we use organic cotton and we use um, a bit, bit of recycled plastic bottle polyester as well um, but we also try and kind of push across the message that if you're if you're buying something from us, then you should really love it. And you should think about being able to wear it at least 30 times to to, to make that a good decision, a, a good purchase decision. Um, and then the other side of the business that I I decided quite late on actually to do this um, um, is horse care. So I was frustrated by the fact that I couldn't trust what I was buying in, in my tax shops, that it was going to be cruelty free. And also the ingredients weren't going to be harming myself or the horse that I was putting it on. Um, so I did a lot of research and found um, products that I thought worked for me and my horses, but also ticked all of my sustainability boxes as well and started selling those. So I'm trying to bring that together. And then um, a lot of the content that we produce is focused on sustainability and, and kind of trying to simplify it for equestrians and make it a lot more approachable. So, you know, tips on recycling and, and what they can do to make better decisions, basically. 
So obviously we can be looking at then the products that we buy and things. And if we were to do that, if we were to think, oh, do you know, actually, because a lot of the time, some of it's willful ignorance. Some of it is like, I can't do anything about it, so I'm going to ignore it. But some of it is like genuine, like, oh, I didn't realise that. I never even thought of that, like, until someone tells them, like yourself, you know, going out there and just raising awareness of it, but in like a nice way, not in like a scary animal rights kind of way or an environmental kind of way, but in an approachable way. And you still ride your horse, right? So you get it. You get, you still ride, you compete. We'll get onto that later as well. Um, what kind of things can people be starting to think about then if they go, oh, gosh, uh, I had no idea that perhaps some things I'm doing or buying or having um, that I could change. Um, how do I how do I do that then? What kind of stuff do I need to be looking out for and thinking about considering? I think just to, just to start by saying um, what you've just described there is so familiar, is so common. Um, because it is such a big topic and it's very it's it's complicated it's it's not as straightforward as saying this is eco-friendly this isn't there are so many elements to every single product that you buy that either are or aren't particularly sustainable um but i wrote a blog post on it recently um, and what i try and do is look at uh, the products that i buy on a regular basis as a starting point and i've got a list of, of areas that i do a little bit of research on background research just to make sure that they tick my boxes and I think with sustainability it's about where you draw your line and everyone's line is going to be different so um you know cruelty free being cruelty free is 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 my line it has to be um for other people they're not they're not so bothered it might be more about the ingredients or more about um you know the fact that the packaging can be recycled um, but I've got a checklist over on the website, actually, and there's there's five things that I look at. And, it, you know, it's all about sourcing, the packaging, the ingredients, um, the quality and all of these things that you can think about before you before you you make your decision as to whether it's sustainable or not. Um, so I'm just I'm trying to demystify that bit a bit with our content and, and make it a bit more approachable, really. And so on that topic, then, when you say you've got to know where you draw the line, um, we've done some stuff together and one of the things that we particularly looked at into something I talk about all the time called values which is what is it that is really important to you as a human what ones are absolutely non-negotiable and what ones you know got a bit of flexi room because not only do we have these things called values but we have a hierarchy of them as well and I know we were talking earlier and you said actually understanding those so much better as has helped me so much because it's helped me really drive my business to align with them for a start. It also, without you even realizing it, you were doing it when you came out of the corporate stuff. You knew there was a, there was something didn't feel right. It didn't seem right. So they wouldn't have been aligned with your values. So you've now aligned your business with it. But also it helped you make some other decisions and things as well, didn't it? So tell us a little bit about how knowing your values and knowing, I love that actual phrase, where to draw the line, what is and what isn't acceptable for you will be based on those. How, how much of a difference did that make for you? Oh, it's, it's been an absolute game changer. So um, Jenny and I actually worked together um, for my sort of riding side of things. Um, but yeah, we, talk, we talked about my values and it, it's a really funny thing, values, because it's not as simple as sitting and writing them down. You know, they don't just pop out of your head there and then. Um, for me anyway, especially, it was, it was a culmination of a lot of different events and things that were happening in my life over a period of years. And I now feel really able to make better make decisions based on where I know my lines are drawn. Um, and I would really recommend anyone taking some time to to do some soul searching and, and work out where your values are. Um, so to take the example I think you're talking about, one of the things was meat eating. Um, now, I know this is going to be controversial um, to a lot of people. I understand that people want to eat meat. I have done for my whole life until just under a year ago now. Um, I, I come from a farming background. I come from a hunting, shooting, fishing background. Um, you know, that's that's what my family have done in the past. And I remember as a child always feeling uneasy with it. And I used, I remember, you know, I used to go shooting with my dad and I'd see pheasants dropping out of the sky and it would make me cry. And I would just get really upset about it. And I, you know, I'd, I'd get told, you know, oh, you know, why are you being stupid? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I, I just couldn't get away from that feeling. And it, it kind of got worse and worse over the years. And I, you know, I would look at baby animals. I'd look at lambs in the field and go, oh, you know, and then I would think to myself, but I eat, I eat you. 
and I, I had this internal battle for such a long time. Like, why am I doing this? I love animals. Like, this isn't right. So I finally worked out I should just stop eating meat. <laughs> and it's been a game changer. And I feel so much happier now in myself, having drawn that line and understood that that for me is, is my value. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not prepared to to go over that line anymore like I like I was sort of struggling with over the years so so yeah so it's it's things like that that have that have been a bit of a game changer for me actually and so what's it like then when you're not in line with your values and now you truly are like even to that degree now even going against what your family would have brought you up with and things even having to do that now um what's it like now when you're aligned with them like well, where's the difference how do you know like if someone sat there now thinking how, how do I know if I'm in line with them or not for you what what would you say so for this particular example I, I would I just the minute I'd made the decision it was just an instant sense of relief I just I was just why did I not do this years ago it I just it just felt right I, I can't I can't describe I can't describe what it is exactly but you just feel at peace this is going to sound really airy fairy but you just you just become at peace with yourself and you're like this is what I'm meant this is what I'm meant to be doing and this is how I'm meant to be living and you just find that your 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 stress levels reduce um and it was the same decision you know moving from my fairly well paid job to going to running my own business I, I had no money in the background to pay my bills in case this didn't work. Um, but it felt right. Like it, instinctively, I just knew that it was the right decision for me. And again, my stress levels reduced. That's not to say that running your own business isn't stressful because it's bloody stressful. Let's just not forget that. But in a different way, because I feel like I have found my purpose and I'm, I'm moving towards the, the right goal and I'm I'm doing something that I know has purpose and and that is just that's just fantastic. So tell us a little bit about that journey then when you 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 were stressed and you know like this is such a common story I hear all the time I'm stressed and I'm burnt out and I know it's just not right for me and we're, we very often go into those sort of corporate roles because we think they're what you need to do like proper jobs and all that kind of thing and then and then when you do make that decision to leave and there is that sense of relief and then you have to get a business going so tell us a little bit about that because it is not like you said it's not without its stresses it's just when you're in line with your values you can deal with those stresses because the bigger picture the mission the vision the thing that's driving you on is so big that it's sort of those stresses are insignificant but when they are the only thing you can really see because you're not in line with anything else they're they're significant aren't they so tell us a little bit about your journey from leaving that job to setting up the business and the challenges you overcame as a result so I think I was I was conditioned to think that I needed a well-paid job in London, um, you know, following the corporate train or whatever it was. Um, I just thought that that's what I was meant to do. And I and I did it. I, I know I trotted off on the train every day. I felt anxious all the time. I felt burnt out. I felt stressed because I knew I wanted to do better on my horse and I didn't have time and um my relationship suffered and then I met the most amazing man who is now my husband <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this he's gonna get a really big head um but he um he's Kiwi and they've got a very chilled out sense of life over there I don't know if you've ever been to New Zealand but they're just totally laid back and totally cool and he was like why are you doing this you're miserable like he couldn't understand why I was putting myself through it every day and I was like yes I am I'm I'm really sad like and he was like quit so like, oh okay <laughs> um and it you know it, it didn't happen as easy as that so what I decided to do was I I moved away from London um I moved to the south coast which is where my husband needed to be for his job um, I moved my horse with me and I decided to set up a marketing consultancy. So it was one step on, it was one step away from my career, but it was still related. Um, and that gave me an income for, for a long period of time. And it also afforded me the time and the headspace to think about Honest Riders and how I was going to do it. Um, so I did Honest Riders quite gradually and I didn't step away. From, I, I'm sort of gradually, I'm still doing a little bit of marketing, marketing consultancy, but less and less and less. Um, and I think having that security of knowing that that career was kind of, I was able to pick it up and put it down again, 
was really comforting. Um, but, you know, it was still a, a big leap. I, I, I liked having a nice flash car to drive around in. I liked being able to see nice pairs of boots and buy them without even thinking about it. And things are very different now. You know, I, I, I sold my car. I've, I've got I have to drive around in a piece of crap that my husband likes driving. It's a truck. Um, you know, and I, I can't afford nice holidays anymore, but it is all worth it to enable me to to feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose and have a business that I'm passionate about and I don't I don't worry about Mondays anymore I get I bounce out of bed I'm like yes you know what are we doing I work all weekend because I want to you know it, it's, it's it's totally changed my life actually um and in terms from the stresses point of view it is stressful because the only person that's propelling that business forward that's earning that money is you. And when you're in a, a full-time job, you know, you can have some days where you go in and you sort of cruise around a little bit and you can't really be bothered. But when it's your business, you know, you need to show up every day and that's tough. It's mentally tough um, because there are days when you feel like you're banging your head against a wall um, and you're not getting anywhere and no one's hearing you. And, you know, it's really, you know, I've, I've cried and I've, been upset about it but it's still all worth it for, for the end result um so I hope that answers the question yeah, yeah absolutely it does and I think that's the thing though isn't it when when you've got that bigger picture and like you say you you know it's worth it for the end result and you've got that bigger game plan in your head um you're able to deal with the fact that you have to let some of the what we call the ego stuff go you you yeah. know you have to let some but here's the really cool part is how long have you been running it now a few years three four years yeah, so we started in 2017, so three years. Now. Yeah, so three years. And what were you just telling me about, thanks to COVID, that has actually started to happen now as a result of all the hard work you've put in over these three years? I'm taking a salary from the business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, yeah, so yeah. you spent that three years aligning with your values, creating a business that's really truly about what you want. And it, yeah, you've got to get the business running and going. But now there's been a real pivotal moment thanks to lockdown for you, hasn't it? That's changed the way you've done business, which we've talked about before, but sometimes someone needs a bit of a push to make it happen, don't they? So tell us a little bit about what actually has really pushed the business forward thanks to lockdown in your case. And, you know, there's always going to be people that benefit from difficult situations, not because they're profiteering, but because their business is providing something that people want and need. And I think that's exactly what's going on right now with a lot of things, isn't it? So tell us, tell us about what's changed as a result for you of, of everyone having to do online shopping? <laughs> <laughs> so we've always been online. Like, you know, I was a digital marketer beforehand. So, so I know online, I know social media and I know, you know, how to build websites, et cetera, et cetera. So online was always the goal. That's how I want to operate the business. And I also think it's a more sustainable way of working because I don't commute anymore. Um, but last year, you know, we, we did some events. Um, I'm not going to lie, they're expensive. Um, profit eatingly expensive <laughs> um and you know we, we spent a lot of money on marketing um just just trying to break through really and just trying to get the message across and I think someone told me that it you know it takes three years before you start to make any money from from businesses in, in retail especially um and I thought right okay well that's that's what I've got to do then that's what I've got to sit out um but I just I think at, at the beginning of lockdown lots of people say oh you know should we even be trading? Is that ethical? Um, and I had a message actually from a customer who um, I, I did a sale because I was going to do that anyway before lockdown. And it, it launched a couple of days after lockdown um, and we sold out of everything and it was just unprecedented support. And I had a message from a customer and she said, you know, um, I've received my T-shirt. It's made me so much happier. I love it. You know, I, it, it's given me such joy. And I thought, I'm not I'm not going to stop selling online because I'm not doing any, any, anyone any harm. And actually, people take a lot of joy from the products that they buy from us. And that's how we want it to be. Um, so then we launched our spring summer collection, which I was nervous about because I was a bit more out there with my designs this time. Um, and, it, and it just it went down a storm and it, it's been an absolute game changer for us as business. Um because it sold out so um the support was just incredible and I, I feel like you know the years that have come before it have been building up to this moment and and I feel like we're on a platform now to really build on that success and, and keep innovating and I keep you know moving things forward and, and helping people so yes 
Good. That's the lovely thing about having a business where in some way you're helping people and people might go, what is jumpers and t-shirts and vest tops like, you know, and, and the most amazing leggings ever. But um, <laughs> yeah, like how are you helping people? But you are because, you know, I love wearing your stuff. It feels good. I love it. It makes it the, the slogans and things that are on them are gorgeous. You know, Two Hearts is my absolute favorite thing you ever produced um, because it makes you it makes you feel good and you look good. And so, so you, so you are, okay. It might be a product, but you know, the products that do really well are, are the ones that, well, you can feel the values in the product, can't you? You, you know, it's good. You know, it's well-made. It's not being made in a sweatshop somewhere or what have you, or, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's looking after the environment. So when you look good and you feel good and there's ethics behind it, like um, that's the triple threat, surely. <laughs> I hope so. And, you know, we, we give um, a portion of our profits to equestrian charities as well. And I think uh, that message has, has really meant something to people because their purchase is directly positively impacting a charity and charities are really suffering at the moment because they're not having footfall through their sanctuaries, etc. So hopefully that's that's helped as well. And I just think, you know, the time has gone where where people buy from um, what I call bottomless businesses, where you're chucking your money into something that, that has no purpose. And, and people are starting to realize that they want to buy good quality and they want to put their money to something that's doing good. And I, and I hope that we're ticking that box. Yeah, I think it I think it shows, doesn't it, that you've spent that time creating that brand and people know that that's what you're about. And so when adversity comes along, what do they do? They support the ones that they feel are worth supporting. And, and there you go you know look at all the businesses that are that are struggling compared to yours where people have said we love this stuff for more than just I like the clothes you know that that's it isn't it yeah. so um tell us a little bit about let's go on to a different topic for a moment or two so you're a horse rider so tell us a little bit about your riding journey and, and where you're at and what you do with that okay so starting at the beginning and I'm not going to go into too much detail because it was it was a checkered past no I've I've, I've, been, <laughs> I've been riding since I was two I'm obsessed with horses my mum I think my mum and dad hoped that I would grow out of it and find boys I never did I'm still as obsessed as I was when I was 10 years old um I was really into jumping when I was growing up so I had um I did lots of sort of three-day eventing um I was on pony pony club and um school show jumping teams and Prince Philip Cup so I did all the stuff that involved going really fast um, and then when I went off to university I, ha I had an eventer um, he was a five-year-old event horse and I was super excited with him about him because he was really talented um, went off to university and found that I couldn't keep him fit enough to be able to event so I would come back every weekend actually because I chose the university that was nearest to mum and dad so that I could ride every weekend um, and I just couldn't keep him fit enough but actually I found that he was always in the lead after the dressage phase and so I've like found this newfound love for dressage and I never gave it up I just carried on and you know when I graduated I carried on with Billy my my venter um, we got up to sort of medium level um, and then I, I had um, my mum had bred um, a horse from my, one of my old event ponies um, Jester and so I took him on and trained trained him up to well, he was trained up to Grand Prix actually, um, but he competed up to Inter One. Um, so I had him, and, and now I've got a young horse who I bought as a two-year-old, and, and I've sort of produced up the levels. Um, and he's rising seven now, so I'm just working with him. So yeah. And so obviously, you know, like with everyone, I'm always fascinated by their riding stories. You've had to come overcome adversity and overcome challenges and things like that. How do you think that has helped you with your business mindset and your way of being able to deal with things in a challenging environment? Uh, one word, resilience. <laughs> I, th I think, you know, I think as horse riders, a lot of us have resilience because there are so many ups and downs involved in in owning horses and you know they get injured at the drop of a hat and they back us off and you know they spook at a leaf or whatever so I think I think we all have a level of inbuilt resilience um but I think riding for me riding has always been my priority um and I, and I think I I've therefore had to use my resilience to resist everything else in life and kind of re reorganize and restructure my life to be able to ride because that's what I love doing um 
and you know i think uh i've had some pretty difficult horses you know um jester uh, my last my small tour horse was was a cob essentially it was a, he was a warm cob <laughs> um and he was a, a little so and so and he was really difficult and and people told me that he'd never get past elementary level and and there he was doing his tempi changes across the diagonal so and and that was purely my complete sheer bloody mindedness because I refused to give up on him and also I didn't have any other options like he was my horse that was it sort of thing um so yeah so I think resilience would probably be uh my word for for riding and, and then that also translates into business because ultimately the businesses that succeed are the ones that just keep on going and and what do you mean by keep on going? Because there are businesses that keep on going and still fail. Like there's there's a certain way of keeping on going that you've done, isn't there? Yeah, oh, I don't know what, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I just think the businesses that I've seen that succeed, just, you know, they if they get battered down, which you do in business inevitably and in riding, you get back up, you dust yourself off, you get back on, you come up with new ideas, you keep innovating, you keep pushing, um, moving things forward. It's, it's hustle, isn't it? It's just hustle <laughs> in riding, life, business. <laughs> and I think that that innovation was clearly shown in your spring summer collection. You said, oh, we, we got a bit more creative in our designs and, and they sold out. So, you know, you, you, you clearly, whether you realise it or not, are someone who actually does innovate all the time and you know even the thought of like who does a clothing company that talks about sustainability like uh i don't know anyone oh you do yes that's different you know even the innovation in that respect it might not seem it to you but it is it's different and you know that takes guts to do that so where did you get that that guts and determination to to be you and to be real and where's that come from oh you know I just think I get bored quite easily and I and I think I just don't like doing the same thing day in day out and I just I, and, and I want to make a difference that it that's it I just I want to make a difference and that's what drives me that purpose and now I've found that purpose in life um it drives me and I just think I just you know I keep going I, I love change. I'm, I'm a risk taker. I, you know, I love changing things up all the time and trying new things. I'm not scared to try new things. Um, I'm also not scared to admit when I'm wrong and, and admit when I've made a mistake and, and move on from it quickly. You know, they, they say fail fast, don't they? Um, yeah, I, I guess that must be it. I mean, I've not really sat down and thought about it in any great detail, but yeah. Yeah, so that need for just constant change and freedom and flexibility and innovation and that, that's what drives forward. So if we took that into your riding then and, you know, you compete and as we know, anyone who competes, especially in dressage, it's not a, it's not a lovely linear path of success. There's been a few bumps along the way. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your kind of competition journey because it's been the usual, the usual rocky one, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Hence why we ended up working together. Um, so I'll go, it's, it's Jester really. He was the one that sort of undid my confidence essentially. Um, so, so yeah, so I, 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 my mum bred him obviously. He wasn't, he, he was by a dressage stallion, but he was out of a thoroughbred cross Welsh gob mare, um, <laughs> which is quite a strange mix. He had a very strong opinion about many things. Um, and yeah, and I was told that he wouldn't get past elementary. I should sell him and I should buy something else. And, but I loved him, but he was, he was, he was family. And I was like, no, I'm not going to sell him. I'm just going to hustle. I'm just going to work and until, until it happens. So I set myself the guys, like I said, you know, I, my dream with dressage is to ride in tails. Isn't it everybody's? I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Um, that was my goal. And I just step-by-step step, just worked and worked and worked until I got there um, and it what ended up happening when I got there was that I felt like a complete imposter because you know you you compete elementary medium advanced medium and there are lots of other amateur riders but when you get to pre and George actually there aren't very many amateur riders you're competing against pro mostly professionals um and it just it absolutely killed my confidence because I just felt I felt like I, I shouldn't have been there and 
you know, I, I was on a horse that was never going to get the big scores. And I used to get into the warm up and feel totally intimidated. I used to worry about what people were saying about me, you know, oh, look at her on that stupid chestnut thing you know she's never going to get anywhere and I, I just I, I just used to make this monkey this monkey on my shoulder used to make all this stuff up um and so it got to the point where I just I was just upset all the time competing because I never felt good enough I, ne I felt like I I didn't deserve to be there and, and that what I was doing was stupid and that I couldn't ride and all of these things that I'm sure a lot of people come up against were right there in my head um and I just, I didn't want to feel like that because I knew that I'd, I'd worked hard for it and I deserved it. And I just wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to enjoy, you know, riding at that level because it's great fun. Um, and I just wanted to enjoy it. So I think that's when I started having some sports psychology um, and it made a massive difference to me. And it means that now on my young horse, I don't care so much about what people think anymore. <laughs> and I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it because I love it. So, yeah. And what's that done for you by not caring what people think so much anymore and remembering you're doing it because you love it and you're doing it for you? What's what's that done for you in your riding? Um, I think it means you ride better inevitably because you're not as tense when you compete and you're not, you're con you know, I, I find now that I can concentrate on what's going on in front of me, you know, underneath me, um, rather than, you know, side-eyeing who's at the side of the warm-up and, oh, I don't want to warm up in front of them and it's so-and-so and, oh, you know, all this sort of rubbish that you end up coming up with. Um, so I think I ride better and I, and I just I just don't care anymore. I don't care what anyone else thinks about me and, and my riding. I just want to ride because that's what I enjoy doing. So, yeah, so it's, it's good. And I actually, obviously, I haven't competed. I did the regionals in, in January on Trev, but... Um, I'm less worried about competing because I don't before I used to feel like I used to have to tick off you know qualification for this go to nationals blah, 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 all of these different things and now I'm like my goal with him is is I want to train him to Grand Prix and and if I do some competing along the way then great but actually if if he's you know if we're not going to do medium nationals or whatever then so be it and so what's that done for you then? Because obviously you've got a business where you can balance your riding and, you know, you can go and ride in the, in, when you want to and then work when you want to. And that freedom, oh, my word, uh, I have to say, there's nothing else like it. It's lovely. No, there's not. Um, what what has that now mindset around your riding helped you with in, in creating your lifestyle as well? I think I think I would say that that's still a work in progress. Um, you know, you, ne you need to have a, a level of thick skin in business because you come up against uh it's people relationships you know whether whether that whether that's with your suppliers and you have to manage uh manage them and you know have conversations about timings etc and, and whatever goes on there um and obviously customers as well i think i think um i'm still very much a work in progress in terms of not being so affected when something doesn't go right and and you know if, I've had customer emails in the past, you know, if someone hasn't received their parcel, for instance, and I I was really affected by it. I was not sleeping at night because because I care about it and I didn't want someone to think that I hadn't sent them their parcel. Um, so that's very much still a work in progress. And, and I think, you know, mindset always is, isn't it? It's it's evolution and, and you're always finding new challenges and finding ways around things. So uh, I would say for me, that's, that's my, my nemesis is just, uh, you know, having that thick skin and, and that ability to know what matters and know what I can, know how how to handle difficult situations. And I think that you know, I love the fact that you say it bothers me because I care, um, because <laughs> that's the whole point. That actually you care deeply about this business because it is more than just it's not the bottom line, is it? It's more than that. It's about making a difference. It's a bigger thing, and you want to grow it because of that, not just to line your pockets and have that sports car back again. You know that's not important anymore now, yeah. or have the latest boots or the jacket to go and compete in when a hundred times a year you're out going and doing that. You know, and so I think I love a business that cares because that's actually that's the important bit, and we know that when we're buying something from a business like that we are buying some of that care if that makes sense you know like we're buying into that we are putting money in the pockets of people we like <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so yeah and I mean you're entirely right on mindset it's um I'd love to be fixed um every time I think I am I then go oh pants there's another thing I've got to learn there then it's all learning 
Um, certainly, what have been your reflections, um, thanks to lockdown and a different way of life for you? What are the things that you've been able to think about and reflect upon and, and take away from it? Um, I think it's been a reinforcement, actually, of my values and, and a reinforcement of, of the decisions that I've made over the past few years that they've been the right thing to do. Um, I haven't, um, I, I don't want this to sound insensitive, but I haven't felt worried um, during lockdown because um, I feel secure in what I'm doing and, I, and luckily I'm, I'm able to, to keep on doing it. Um, and, you know, my, my husband work, normally works away. He's an athlete, so he's normally overseas a lot. Um, and he's been at home, which has been lovely. I mean, obviously it comes with its financial pressures because he's not earning any money. Um, but I'm really happy for him to be here with me. He, he's walking the dogs with me every day, which is lovely. Um, you know, I've, I've, I'm managing to pay for my horse and keep my horse, and that's the main thing. And I've got my, my beautiful rescue dogs asleep just down there. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so I've been in a good place. I think reflection wise, I, I hope that um, for, for other people, it, it will it will make them take in their surroundings and slow down a bit and, and realise the value of, of the natural world and the environment and how precious it is to us. Um, I know I know that's how, how it makes me feel anyway. And I even more so in lockdown, I'm constantly constantly reminded of of the value that that brings to our lives. And I hope that, um, that that's the same for other people too. Yeah, I think it's certainly given us a mirror, isn't it, to think about what's important to us, take time to reflect and made us stop, made us stop and yeah. reflect on what is important because we're either missing out on it or we're still getting it despite missing out on other things. So it's yeah. being <laughs> on. People are either, it's a bit Marmite, isn't it? People are loving it or hating it right now. Yeah. And, and I know people are all in very different situations, so that's understandable. But, you know, having a business that is yours, you can pivot, you can be resilient, you can be innovative. That's the ultimate flexibility and freedom, isn't it? To be able to go, oh, not great right now. I'll have to do more of this and less of that and, yeah. and flex it. So, yeah. So obviously you haven't been able to go to shows and things, which is a shame because we haven't been able to have a little bit of gin and tonic and Prosecco in the evenings. I know. I know, you know, but other than that, actually, it saved you quite a lot of money. So, hey, ho. <laughs> Probably say it has actually saved me a lot of money as well, because I haven't been able to do the usual shopping. I've had to do it online instead. Um, so. If anyone wants to know anything about Honest Riders or about sustainability, what's the best way that people can kind of ask questions, get in touch? Um, so we're on Instagram and Facebook. We're at honest.riders um, on both of those platforms. Um, and we're very active on there. So go and have a look, um, check out our wares. And if you've got any questions for me, then I'm always on, on the DM. So drop us a DM and have a chat and yeah. And you certainly do find with your, you, you know, you do actually have fans, don't you? It's not just people that buy your product. Like you genuinely, you have a tribe. I have one particular friend. In fact, she said she loves your t-shirts. Thank you so much for doing my shoulders. <laughs> I have to check with her before we go anywhere that she's not going to wear the same flipping clothing as me. There's the amount of times we have turned up something in the same t-shirt. And we both have quite a fair amount of the range um, that we do actually have to like make sure that neither of us is going to wear the same thing. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? But yeah, you do. You definitely have fans rather than people that buy your stuff don't you which is amazing it just blows my mind and I'm so so grateful for that and I've made I've made friends through this business you know these 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 people that um have bought from us are just amazing and they share and they tag us and and I love chatting to them and I love the dms that they send us and the stories that they create um and that's you know that's what makes being in business so satisfying and yeah, so I, I yeah, I love that side of things and, and I, I hope that that continues and, and we create more super fans all over the world. <laughs> yeah, because actually when you think about it, it's not just about feeding ego, is it? It's, it's about the fact that if there's lots of people that are really passionate about your business and sharing it and supporting it, then the bigger picture, you know, the helping to support the charities, the helping the sustainability, the, the doing something good for the environment and, and creating beautiful stuff that is wearable, usable again and again and again that why wouldn't you want super fans that are going to promote that like you know of course you would yeah and, and, and they do and you know and people don't just talk about the product they talk about they they get it they get the the sourcing and they get the effort that's gone into finding suppliers that will work with our ethics and they get 
you know all of the sustainability messages that we're trying to put across um our, our our fans i guess you would say they get it and i love that and i love that they're helping us to spread that word okay so just to finish then um what's your favorite piece of clothing in your collection right now and is it sold out or can we get a hold of it <laughs> oh, i need ask me something difficult like this of all the questions I've asked you about mindset and really deep stuff that's difficult, the, when I ask you what your favourite piece is in the collection, that's like the difficult question. I love that. It would be like choosing a favourite child. How oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't ask you to pick a favourite child. If you could say, uh, is, is there a certain style that you're particularly a fan of at the moment or anything like that? Yes, there is. Okay, let's go for that. So... If you were talking about a vest top, um, I've got this one on now, actually, <laughs> coincidentally, which is my favourite. Um, it's called an Arabian, so it's a racerback vest top. The fit is super flattering if, you, if you know, you've got a few lumps or bumps everywhere, which, you know, all of us have. Um, then I love these because they're not tight fitting um, and they're perfect for warmer weather. Um, and then I think sweatshirt wise, the one that I keep wearing is actually the first thing that I ever designed, which is my centerline warm blood sweatshirt. Um, and for those of you not familiar with the warm blood, they're organic cotton. They've got a fleecy lining. Um, it's this beautiful mild grey colour um, and it's got my white centerline uh, design across the front and I just I wear it again and again I, actually I've got two because one of the, <laughs> one wasn't enough I wanted to wear it more often so I've got one that I wear for around home and then I've got one that I wear to to ride in so so yeah I guess that would be my favourite. <laughs> I think I completely agree with you. <laughs> okay, no, I won't tell your children. It's fine. I would agree on the on the sweatshirt thing. So I've got a, a few different ones, and but absolutely, my favourite is the warm blood sweatshirt. It you just sling it on, and you just feel it's like, like at home, blood. but still stylish, like a warm blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that means a little bit crazy. Don't know. <laughs> Very stylish. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they're great. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, and let's um, your your products that you do around kind of. Um, horse care and and people care a little bit as well if you were to pick a range that you particularly love in that or I won't ask you to pick a product again don't worry um what would be your favorite range at the moment that you're kind of you're selling through the well actually that's a bit easier because they're not my own brand so I I buy in products from other from other sustainable brands to sell um so I would what we we, we don't actually buy entire ranges because I what I like to do is test every single product for its efficacy before I start selling it. So poor Trevor, bless him, gets all these lotions and potions tried on him before we, before I start selling them. Um, oh God, I'm, just, I'm looking now because it's all stacked up in our shelves here, trying to pick one. Mm. Lots of things for different needs, but do you know the thing that, that sells really well um, are the products from a, a company called Well Gel? Um, they do shampoos, they've got a beautiful shampoo, they've got um, a main regrowth serum that sells out every time we get it in because it just works, it's brilliant. Um, there's an aloe vera um, wound balm, um, it's brilliant, I use it on everything. So maybe yes, maybe I could pick that as a range, couldn't I? But I love them all, I don't, <laughs> don't want to have favourites. No, that's cool. It's just always interesting hearing because it, because you've demonstrated so many times the careful, you know, methodical, like really, really, um, I can't think of the word, mindful way that you pick stuff. You don't just kind of go, oh, yeah, that sounds quite nice. You know, you really look into it and you take that pride and that passion into deciding whether that product is a go or no go when it's not your own. So tell us about what we can expect from you for the future that what's Honest Rider is going to bring us that we can become even more passionate and tribey about. <laughs> That's a word, tribey. It is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, excitingly, we've got a big restock coming this week, which I'm really relieved about because we've been out of stock um, of a lot of our spring summer sizes because they just they sold out within days last time. So I've managed to get some more that arrives this week. So that's really cool. Um, and what I actually did was I added in a couple of sweatshirt designs um, because I wanted I'd wanted to include them and I wasn't brave enough when I looked I initially launched the collection, but I bought them back in um, and actually they've, they've done really well on pre-order and there aren't many left. So that that's great. Um, and I have got something really big launching next week and 
this is live so I can't tell you about it because I haven't done any reveals anywhere but it's 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 something I've been working on for almost a year now I'm buzzing with excitement for it I, I can't wait to get it out there and I hope that everyone I hope that everyone that's followed us on, on our journey so far will love it too but it's going to be a bit of a game changer for honest riders so make sure you give us a follow and, and look out for it we're going to launch it on the 28th so next next week um yeah that's all I'll say. <laughs> so, so we need to make sure we're following you on Instagram and on Facebook, eagerly awaiting the 28th, and then we'll know what this mystery is. Ooh. Yes, I'm going to do a bit of a teaser, I'm going to reveal this Sunday, <laughs> so you'll be able to start to see where I'm going with it um, Mega. from them, but yeah. How exciting. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Cool. Okay, so um, there haven't been many sort of questions come in, but there have been lots of lovely comments. Um Victoria says she just wants to be me. That's just a little bit weird. Thanks, Victoria, for that one. <laughs> um, she's the one who I turn up with in the same flipping T-shirt as. Um, uh, she loves Honest Riders. Thank you so much. They're amazing T-shirts. They're so much more than that, Toria. Now you know. Um, oh, my God. I love your products. They're amazing. My clothing's two years old now, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, my hubby is going to buy me some new Honest Riders clothing for my birthday. When's your birthday, Cassie? That's what we need to know. Um, looking at getting Lottie. That's her daughter. She's gorgeous. A heels down jumper, too, because she's having to learn this at the moment. Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, send me a picture when, you, when you've got it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure she will. Um, Cassie's one of my ambassadors, so I'll make sure that any of my guys that are wearing anything tag you in it and, and make awesome. sure that, that you get to see it. So thank you so much, Sarah. It's been fascinating as always um, listening to another amazing entrepreneur lady, fearless businesswoman. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for everything that you're doing and your gorgeous products. And we look forward to your exciting news next week yes thank you for having me it's been great fun thanks jenny <laughs> and i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i did if you want to listen to more of them then please do follow us in apple in google and on podbean hack your mindset with jenny is the name of this podcast so please do subscribe follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one bye everyone <laughs>